This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. This whole month, I've been in a series called Prospering in a Pandemic. Prospering in a pandemic has been a wonderful, wonderful journey so far. I pray you've been blessed. Have you been blessed? Have you been receiving something from the Lord? Have you been given some instructions on how to prosper? Even in this time, time of difficulty, we're experiencing pandemic, protests, and literally upheaval in our culture, in our society, in our government. But God is still God. He sits on the throne. He yet sits high and looks low. And there is no failure in him. And I'm telling you, this word today is going to share with you some precepts of how to continuously be blessed and prosper even in this pandemic. So let's go right into the word of God. Get your Bibles, your paper Bibles, if you would. I want to share with you what God has given me and placed in my heart. And I want to give you the word of the Lord today. Get your Bibles and turn with us to the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis chapter number six, the book of Genesis chapter number six. And uh, we're going to begin our lesson at verse number 11. Genesis chapter number 6, and we will begin at verse number 11. Here begins the reading of God's holy word. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Verse 18 is the text of emphasis. Look at it again. It says, but with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, my God. Thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. This morning, I would like to talk to you from the subject simply, the ark. The ark. That's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the ark. This is how we are prospering in a pandemic. We're embracing the ark. Let us pray. Father, it is in Jesus' name that we thank you for this, another opportunity. We thank you for this, another moment. We thank you that you are God, you are good, you're merciful, you're kind, you're gentle, you are Lord. 
God, we know you today as sovereign. And we pray, God, that above all circumstances and situations, that you would speak to your people. Speak to them ever so clear. Let them know that you are here. Let them know that you are near. Let them know that you are yet God and you reign forever and you reign supreme. Speak. Speak so they know that you're here. Speak. Speak so they have direction and guidance. Speak, oh God, so they are comforted by your word. We shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. So speak, Lord, thy servants hear it. Anoint this body of clay. Do it again, God. Matter of fact, outdo yourself from the last time, and you'll get all the glory. You'll get all the honor and the praise. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Let everybody say amen. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, we have for the last four months uh, been in this place called quarantine. Since March 15th, at least, uh, I know here at our church and Crown Ministries, uh, we have uh, gotten notice from officials and legislators and the government to close down, to uh, shelter in place, to get safe and be safe by being inside. We've been quarantined. I mean, it's brand new to so many of us. It is something that we never expected, never saw coming. It is something that we never thought would happen in our time, in our day, or in our generation. But yet, here we are. We are quarantined. We are called to shelter in place. Because there is a virus. There is an unseen enemy that is lurking throughout this country even the world, that is causing literally people to lose their life. There's an unseen enemy. They call it COVID-19, coronavirus. The novel virus uh, is out and it's lurking and seemingly is seeking whom it shall devour. Coronavirus is a virus that we have never heard of uh, on this wise to the point that it was deadly and and suffered fatalities. Now, coronavirus is familiar to science and chemical laboratories. It's familiar. It's found in your Lysol and some of the other cleaning products. But this strand of the virus is new. It's never been seen on this wise. Uh, news reports say that so far uh, there has been almost a uh, three quarters of a million people who have suffered fatality from this virus. That is 750,000 people globally who have suffered from this virus. I need to tell you, my brother and sister, you need to understand that this is nothing that we need to play with. This is not something that's a joke. It's not something that's just going to disappear. Regardless of what officials and the others have said or spoken, this here needs to be taken very seriously. It's not a hoax. It's not uh, 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 some, some conjured up plan in a back office room somewhere. No, no, no. This thing is taking the lives of loved ones, children, family members, friends. This thing is serious. But I must submit to you very humbly that this is not the first time that this world 
has seen a virus. Now, no, we've seen things similar to this. And uh, uh, just one century ago in 1918, uh, we heard of the Spanish flu, the last pandemic uh, that we experienced on this wise, where once again, so many lives were lost and people uh, suffered fatality and, and so many got sick and, and so many things happened that changed culture and changed time from the last thing. But still, that wasn't the first pandemic. There, there is so many other pandemics that this world had experienced so many times before. Even in the days of Abraham, there was famine in the land. Now, that's not a pandemic, but a famine is a time where fatalities occur because of a lack of resources and food. There was famine in the days of Abraham. And even in the days of Isaac, there was a famine that was worse than in the days of Abraham. There was another famine. Even in the days of Joseph, there was a famine so much as so, as I ministered to you last week, where all of the nations of the world had to go to Egypt to borrow, to trade, uh, because there was no food left. And everybody had to go to Joseph, who was now the ruler over all of the resources of Egypt. His gift had made room for him, but now the world had to go to Egypt to trade, and to get resources because there was a famine in the land. People were dying all over the place, my God. Uh, but that still wasn't the first time that the world experienced pandemic, famine, or global crisis. But here in our text of Genesis, we have the first global crisis, my God, that we see that humanity was directly affected. Here, here in the book of Genesis, in the book of beginnings, we have this, this book written by um, Moses, one of the first five books of Moses that he wrote how time began. He gave instructions of how the world was framed and created and made and how God spoke and said, let there be. And there was Israel now had knowledge and information of how God did what he did, the way he did it, and why things look the way they look because God God framed it and put it all together. Moses writes down, oh God, the story, his story. He writes down how God framed the world and created the cattle and created the birds and created the fish. Moses wrote it. Moses wrote it so that Israel could have intelligence and knowledge of how all of this stuff came into being. But the Bible says here in Genesis that was also included after creation that mankind, humanity, began to sin. And do what was right in their own eyes, my God. Which gives us to know, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that there's nothing new under the sun. Just because God made it don't mean that man won't screw it up. <laughs> Just because God made it and God fashioned it and God put it all together doesn't mean that man won't find a way to wreck it. And I'm here to tell somebody, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that even though God has created some things in your life, still humanity has the ability to destroy or corrupt what God has created. And I'm here uh, to put somebody in, a, put this in the comments, somebody for me. Don't corrupt what God created. 
Don't corrupt it. Don't corrupt it. If God made it, don't corrupt it. If God made it, don't mess it up. If God created it, don't corrupt it. Because there are some things that has been designed for your blessing, has been designed for your favor, but you can corrupt it when you do it according to your way or will instead of the will of God. The Bible says here in Genesis chapter 6, in the beginning, that it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and they were fair and they took them as wise. In verse number one, and all of a sudden the wickedness of mankind grew and increased in the earth. Wickedness grew. Wickedness was multiplied. And I'm here to tell you that God has been good to us, but it does not negate the fact that there's still some wicked people. This world has some wicked people. Mm -hmm. There's some wicked people. I mean wicked, mean as rattlesnakes, just as mad and mean as junkyard dogs. There's some, there's some wicked people in this earth. There's downright mean. I'm talking about face toe up mean. I'm talking about won't say hello, won't speak mean. Nasty for no reason. Every day they wake up on the wrong side of the bed. That kind of mean. Just mean for no reason. Just mean speak. Spirited, just me. Y'all so busy trying to check everybody else who's doing all the other kind of sins. What about those folks who just mean? I'm talking about mean. And the wickedness of man began to multiply in the earth. I mean, there were homemongers and idolaters and they were corrupt and they did whatever they wanted to do. They slept around with each other. There was sexual immorality and uncleanliness and evil started growing continuously. But but, but I thought God made this. Just because God made it doesn't mean that man won't mess up. I got to ask you a question. Come on, come on. How many things have God made that you messed up? How many things that God created in your life but you corrupted it with your evil ways and your mean and nasty I know, I know, I know you don't think, you don't think you're wicked. I know you don't think you're wicked, but let me ask you a question. Do you belong to God? Are you God's people? Huh? Are you God's people? If you, if you don't think you're wicked, watch this. The Bible says, and we've quoted it in Chronicles. He said, if my people, mm -hmm, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. My God, God, people have wicked ways. You can still be God's people and have wicked ways, wicked ways, wicked, wicked. I mean nasty, evil, mean, corrupt, contaminated, perverted, just wicked, just wicked. And it grew in all of the earth. Watch this. Let me move on here quickly. And the Bible says that God looked out of the heavens and saw this. And he said, the earth is corrupt before me. It said it's filled with violence. And he said he was going to destroy the earth with water. He was going to destroy everything that's alive, everything that has breath. He said, I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to send the water. I'm going to send the water. He said, the end of all flesh has come before me. Uh, the earth is filled with violence and I'm going to destroy it. I'm, I'm, I made it. I could jack it up. I brought it in. I could take it out. 
Look at the sovereignty of God. He says, I can do what I want. You want to mess this up? Fine, I'm going to jack it all up. I'm going to tear the whole thing up. And I'm going to destroy every living thing that is in uh, the earth. But the Bible says he spoke to Noah. And he says, but uh, I'm going to spare you. Because the Bible testifies in verse 9 that Noah was a just man and perfect of his generations. And he walked with God. Hallelujah. He walked with God. He walked with God. He walked with God. There are some wicked people, but you got to keep walking with God. You got to walk with God. God, God I want to walk with you. Somebody need to pray that right there. God, I want to walk with you. There are some wicked people who will take you in their way. But I encourage you today, you better walk with God. You better walk with God. Stay with God and walk with God. Because mankind is wicked and evil. And God's going to destroy them. But he says, uh, oh God, because Noah, you walk with me, I'm going to spare you. And this is what I want you to do, Noah. I want you to make me an ark. Make an ark. Make an ark. And this is how I want you to make it. I want you to fashion it. And I want you to use this kind of wood. And I want you to make it this long. And make it this wide. And make it this tall. And I want you to put window in the ark. And I want you to put, put a door on the side of it. Uh, I want you to make it like I tell you. I want it to be three stories. Mm -hmm. Three levels. And I want you to put rooms inside of it, Noah. I want you to make it like I tell you to make it. Because it's going to save you. It's going to keep you alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going somewhere, y'all. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. He says, make it like I tell you. Because when I send destruction, it's going to keep you alive. It's going to save you. It's going to protect you. When you look at the word ark, the word ark is a place of protection or security. It is a refuge. <laughs> That's what an ark is. It's a place of protection or security. It is a refuge. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, God said make an ark. I want you to make a place of protection and security. I want you to make a refuge. I want you to make it, but you got to make it the way I tell you to make it. There are some things in our lives that we expect to protect us, but it's not fashioned the way God ordained it. It's not made the way God ordained it so it cannot protect you the way you need protection. Oh God, can I talk like I'm talking the way I'm talking? Watch this. There's some of you that are in a relationship. Oh God. But because it's not made the way he said make it, it's not yielding to you what you're expecting from it. Oh God, let me help. Some of you, some of you are on a job. You're on a job and 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 and, and you you're not happy there. But because it's not made the way God told you to make it. What do you mean, Dr. Shaw? It's not where he told you to go, it's where you wanted to go. It's where you wanted to be. So it's not yielding to you what you expect. I'm here to tell you that if you don't do it the way God tell you to do it, then you will not get out of it what God said you can get out of it. It's got to be made the way he said make it. So it can be, so it can yield to you what you want from it and what you want out of it. Uh, Noah, the ark can't protect you. The ark can't keep you safe if you don't make it the way I tell you to make it. And so Noah obeyed God. 
Now, can you imagine? As you use your spiritual imagination here, can you imagine Noah on the backside of his house making this large boat, making this this huge monstrous construction. Can you imagine now Noah hammering and nailing and uh, can you imagine him taking tar and pitch and that smelling stinking tar and he's putting it in the inside of the ark. Uh, can't you see him building and erecting this, this huge construction, this huge build. His, his home has become a construction site. But God told him to keep on building. Okay, can you imagine people uh, going to Noah saying, what's, what's going on? What are you doing? What is, what is this all about? He says, I'm making an ark. God told me to make an ark. Oh, you're foolish. You're silly. <laughs> that don't make sense. Why are you making an ark? Because God told me he's going to send water from the heavens and it's going to destroy the earth. Notice that at this point, it had never rained like this before. No, no, no. It never rained. It never rained. In order for God to water the ground, uh, he sent dude to come up from the earth and it watered the ground. But never has water come down from the heavens before. Uh, no, no, no. But God spoke to Noah and Noah obeyed. He looks crazy. He looks ridiculous. How Silly does he look on the backside of his house, hammering and nailing and building and constructing. How, how crazy this must look. It looks crazy now, but it's going to rain later. My God, I'm here to tell somebody, uh, don't get discouraged because people are laughing at you now because it ain't raining. Don't get discouraged. Don't allow yourself uh, to get beside yourself and don't allow yourself to stray from the will and the purpose of God because it ain't raining right now. Oh, but it's going to rain. And those who laughed at you, I got a word, and those who pointed the finger at you, and those who thought you were crazy, are going to see when it starts raining that you weren't crazy after all. I got a word for somebody who's working on a project, who's working on a building, that right now things look ridiculous. Right now it looks crazy. Right now you look like you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. But that's because it's not raining. But the rain is coming. The rain is coming. The rain is coming. You look silly till it starts raining. You look crazy till it starts raining. You look like you're losing it till it starts raining raining, when it starts raining, they're going to see that God really spoke to you, that God really ministered his word to you and Noah. He built that ark and built it the way God told him to build it. And then he told him, he says, now I want you to take every creature and put it inside of the ark. Notice the dimensions and the progression of Noah. The Bible says he was righteous. God called him righteous. God took a righteous man and made him a contractor build the ark then took a contractor and made him a zoologist <laughs> take all the animals and put them inside watch this all you have to do is be righteous and God can use you and God can call things to come out of you that your eyes have never seen, that your ears have never heard, that has never entered your heart before that you're able to do. He never thought he could be a contractor, but he was righteous. 
He never thought he could be a zoologist, but he was righteous. And from the foundation of being righteous, he's a contractor and a construction worker. From the foundation of being righteous, he can now talk to animals and they listen to him and obey him. Who am I talking to today? Can I preach to you? Yes, you. That if you just aim to be righteous, you can own the Fortune 500 company uh, if you just be righteous. If you just be righteous, my God, uh, you can graduate the top of your class uh, and have no bills or student loans thereafter if you just be righteous. If you just be righteous, God gives you ways and strategies and systems. He'll reveal to you how to do it, when to do it, and why you're doing it if you just be righteous. Righteousness is the foundation. Brothers and sisters, whatever you think is difficult, if you just aim to be righteous, then all of these things, watch this, that you think you can do, uh, will become your ability to now make manifest. That's what the Bible says. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things, a contractor, a zoologist, an actor, an actress, come on, a theologian, a preacher, a politician, a lawyer, a doctor, all of these things, all of these things, a financial, an economics worker, come on, you can do Wall Street, you can be a trader, you, you can do all kinds of stuff, all of these things shall be added unto you if you seek him First, Noah was righteous, and God told him, he said, I want you to erect it, and he built it. He said, now I want you to put the animals in there. And Noah, who was, who was just righteous and worked with hammer and nails, is now talking to animals. Watch this and read your Bible very clearly. He says, I want you to get every clean animal and put them in the ark by sevens. Notice, read your Bible clear. I know we were always taught in Sunday school two by two, but he said, the clean animals by sevens. Put them in every male with a female. I want you to put them inside the ark. He says, and every unclean animal, I want you to put them in two by two, two by two. Every creeping thing, every cattle, every fowl, put them in the ark. The unclean by twos, but the clean by sevens. I ain't got time to preach it the way I feel it, but uh, I'm here to tell you that's going to be more clean than unclean in the ark. There's going to be more that do right than don't do right in the ark. But put them all in there. Watch this. The ark is designed for the clean and the unclean. Noah, you can't pick and choose who's going to be in there because it's not your ark. It's my ark. God help us. We cannot cherry pick who we want to be saved and who we want to die. You got to put in there who he tell you to put in there. What do you do when God tells you to put the snake that's liable to bite you in the ark? What do you do when God tells you to put the fox, the wolf, uh, uh, inside the ark uh, that's liable to bite you, that's liable, oh, come on, to torment you. What do you do when God tells you to put it in the ark? You got to obey God because it's not your ark. It's God's ark. And you've got to make it the way he tells you to make it. And you've got to invite who he tells you to invite. 
Noah got all the animals in the ark. Oh, my God. And when he gets all the animals, the people are walking around looking and seeing all these creatures and animals go inside this big monstrous ship, this big boat, my God, if you would. And all of a sudden, it starts raining. Y'all know the story? It starts raining. It starts raining. It's pouring outside. There is a torrential downpour. I mean, it's like buckets. It's like water hose being turned on from heaven and it is a torrential downpour and all of a sudden the earth is being filled with water. The people who laughed at Moses are now seeing the rain. It's seeing the rivers and the streams over flooding. They're watching how, my God, all of the earth is being destroyed. Everything that creeps and everything that crawls and all the cattle is being destroyed and the Bible says that they tried to go to the ark but God closed the door because his intention was to destroy all earth and everything that lived and had breath in the earth. Watch this now. God closes the door and the waters come so much that the ark lifts off of the ground. And the ark begins to float in the water and there's still a downpour. And for 40 days and for 40 nights, for a little over a month, it's nothing but this kind of torrential downpour. I mean, it's pouring. It's raining. It's showering all over the earth. So much is so that the scripture says that the mountains were covered with water, that the hills were covered with water. Lord, look at it. Look at the scene. Look at the scene. And everything is being covered with water. Watch this. And I want you to, I want you to understand and, and, and let me explain to you how magnificent this was, how, how major this was. God said that he was going to destroy every creeping thing. He's going to destroy every cattle. He's going to destroy all humanity except Noah. Watch this. He even said he was going to destroy every fowl. The fowl is the birds. Come on. Birds fly, my Savior. So if the waters of God was coming upon the earth, it would make sense that everything walking drowns. Makes sense that everything that's crawling would be consumed by the water and overwhelmed and drown. But how do you drown birds? <laughs> how do you drown things that are flying? How do you drown an eagle? How do you drown a hawk? How do you drown the birds that fly? Because it was so much water in the earth that even the birds drowned. <laughs> That's got to be a lot of water. Uh, uh, there's no height that the birds could fly to escape the judgment of God. What are you saying, Dr. Shaw? I'm saying that when God sends out something in a decree, there's no way you can escape his judgment. There's no way you can escape the word of God. There's no height you can fly to. There's no depth you can sink to. There's no space you can hide in. You can't hide from God. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord, oh God, roaming throughout the earth, hallelujah, beholding the good and the evil. He, he see everything. He see everybody. And even the vow died in the flood. 
and look at Noah on this ark. He's on this ark and uh, he's riding in this ark. And notice, brothers and sisters, when God told him to make the ark, he told him to make rooms and windows and doors. He even told him to make levels and floors. But he never told him to make a steer. He never, he never told Noah to make a steer. Why? Because he never intended for Noah to drive the ark. <laughs> he wanted to drive it himself, ladies and gentlemen. Brothers and sisters, today I got a word for you from the Lord. And the word is, break your steer. Break your wheel. Some of you have been saying, God, take the wheel. But God wants to break the wheel in your vehicle. He wants to break the wheel of your transportation. And he wants to navigate it himself. He don't just want to control the wheel. He wants to control the whole car. He wants to control the whole ark. He wants to control the whole thing. Don't just give him the driver's seat. Give him every seat. He says, Noah, I don't want you to drive it. All I, you got to do is ride the waves. <laughs> ride the waves. Oh, God, there's a lot of water out here. Just ride the waves, Noah. I don't even know, God, where we're going. You don't even have to worry about it. I'm steering this. God steered the ark. And some of us are messed up and jacked up right now because we're so busy with our hands on the steer. And God is trying to tell you, I want you to take your hands off, break the steer, and let me ride the ways with you. And that's where we've been for the last four months. We've been inside, quarantined, shelter in place, riding, oh God, riding on the ark, riding in the ark of safety, staying inside. Everyone who tries to escape before their time, you're going to see the danger of the flood, the danger of not being in the ark. Noah's riding it. Noah's riding it. And because he's riding it, he's safe. And after 40 days, and 40 nights, it stopped raining. Noah's in the ark. Noah's wife is in the ark. His three sons are in the ark. And their three wives. So you got a total of eight human beings inside the ark. And all creatures, seven by seven of the clean, two by two of the unclean. Uh, but Noah and his family, just eight members. Eight is the number of new beginnings. And the Bible says that once the rain was over, it still wasn't time to escape the ark. But you had to stay there, oh God, until the waters dried up. I got a word. I got a word for some of you that's ready to go back to, to the park, ready to go to the beach. Ready to catch flights and not feelings. I got a word for those of you that's ready to get back to the old normal. I got a word for those of you that's rushing to get back to the church. The rain may have stopped, but the waters aren't dry. Hey, God, there's still an expression of the virus. There's still manifestation. I'm not saying we're going to be here forever. I'm not saying we're going to be here for the rest of our lives. But right now, you're going to have to stay in the ark. Oh, I got a word for somebody. Stay in the ark. Don't you leave the ark before time. 
Don't you escape the ark of safety before you're ready to come out. It ain't time to leave the ark yet. Stay inside. Oh, God. Here's the thing. Noah was in the ark with the animals in his family. 40 days and 40 nights it rained. But the Bible says that it was an additional 150 days, oh God, before he looked out the windows and the water started to dry, but it wasn't completely dry yet. And then there was an additional 200 days. He's still inside the ark. Can you imagine? The animals are stinking. Can you imagine? Animals defecating and urinating. Can you imagine the barks of the dogs, the growl of the wolves, the roar of the lions? Can you imagine the hissing of the snakes? Can you see it? Can you hear it? Can you smell it? That the ark is getting a little uneasy. It's becoming more and more uncomfortable. But I got a word. The ark with its stinking self, the ark with its tight self is still more safe than being outside. I'm not preaching fear to you. I'm preaching you the revelation of God's protection and the revelation of God's security. But you got to stay in the ark. I'm not trying to make you fear. No, no. For God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But power, love, and soundness of mind. And with my sound mind, I'm going to tell your sound mind, stay in the ark. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, this ain't the only ark in the Bible. But there is a second ark. It's called the ark of the covenant. And what's amazing about the ark of the covenant is that God spoke to Noah and said, I'm going to protect you because I will establish my covenant with you. And then, oh, he called Moses right there in Exodus to build a tabernacle that he can dwell among his people. And the, the height, the, the apex of the tabernacle wasn't in the outer courts with the brazen lava and the burnt offering altar. The height and the apex of the tabernacle was not in the sanctuary with the table of showbread and, and the, the lampstand and uh, the incense altar. No, no. But the height of the tabernacle, the climax of the tabernacle was beyond the veil. That box called the Ark of the Covenant where the angels of cherubims pointed out the glory mercy seat where the presence of the Lord sat in between the two angels. It was the Ark of the Covenant. But I thought an Ark was for protection and safety. And I'm here to tell somebody that there's no safer place than in the presence of God. There is no safer place than to be protected 
by glory. And today, brothers and sisters, while we got to stay in our house, that's Noah's ark. You got to stay in his presence. That's Moses' ark of the covenant. Because when you're in your house, you got to still lift up your hands. Open up your mouth and say, in God I live and in God I die. But I'm protected and covered under the shadow of his wings. you got to stay in the house. But don't just lock yourself in the ark. Get in the ark in the ark. And the ark is his presence. In his presence there he is. The fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore, my God. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to admonish you. Get in the ark. Get in the ark. Get in the ark. It's time to get in the ark. But don't just get in the ark. Stay in the ark. And stay there until he calls for you. Stay there until he commands you to come out. Stay there until the waters dry up. Stay there until the virus is gone. Stay there until it's safe to come forth. Stay in the presence of God. Believers and saints, I declare you stay in the presence of God. No evil shall befall you. If you stay in the presence of God, the enemy won't be able to get you. The enemy won't be able to come up against you. Stay in his presence. Stay, 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 stay. Stay in his presence. And we see in the book of Revelation, and I got to close here, y'all. In the book of Revelation, it takes us a little step further. Hmm? Revelations chapter 21 verse 3. It says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. So the ark of Moses, that's your house. The ark of the covenant, for Mo, uh, the ark of the covenant, that's the presence of God. But the ark that's within your heart, oh my Savior, is the worship that you give unto him. It's He's come to tabernacle with you. He's come to dwell with you. He's come to live with you. In other words, you're in the ark, a sticking place, but he's there. Uh, you're in the ark, a jacked up, messed up place, but he's there. And this is how you prosper when there's floods. You stay in the ark. This is how you prosper in a pandemic. You stay in the ark. This is how you make it when it's mayhem. You stay in the ark. This is how you survive when it's chaos. You stay in the ark. I'm looking for an ark. I'm looking for safety. And there is no safer place than in the presence of the Lord. There is no safer place than to dwell and stay with God. The ark is with you. It's with men. And today, the Lord compels you stay in the ark. My brother, my sister, I know you're ready to go out. I know you're ready to escape this. I know you're ready to do something different. I know you're tired of this. And you're ready to be released from it. I am too. But a stinking ark is better than damnation of life. Stay in the ark. Stay in his presence. Any of you 
that lack the presence of God don't comprehend the power of the protection of God. His presence offers you protection. Stay in the ark. Ark of the covenant. Three things were there. It was the pot of manna. It was Aaron's rod. And it was the Ten Commandments, the tablets. Those three things were inside the ark. They were protected because they was inside of the Ark of the Covenant. Who's ever in the ark is protected. Whatever is in the ark is protected. Where's your ark? I see your hand sanitizer. I see your mask. Where's your ark? I, 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 I see your gloves. I see all the protection gear that you have on. I see your face mask and the face screen protector. I, I, see, I see all of the things that you got there in the corner of your house. The Lysol. You look at your, you look at your Lysol. Look at your, your, your disinfectant wipes. And look at your Lysol wipes. And look at all of the things that you have. Look at your soap that you wash your hands. Oh, God, for 20 seconds. You got all of that. Where, where my brother? Where my sister, where's your ark? Where's your ark? Because you can have all that stuff, but if you don't have an ark. It's possible that Noah, I don't know, maybe it wasn't invented yet, but in Noah's day, an umbrella wouldn't have protected them from the flood of God. They could have had on an umbrella. They could have had on rain boots. They could have had on raincoats, but nothing would have protected them from the flood. You have all that stuff, and I think you should, and I congratulate you for, for being responsible and operating with wisdom. But outside of those natural things, where is your ark? I need somebody to put that in the comments. Where is your ark? Where is the ark? Where is the ark? Where is where's the protection barrier? Beyond the physical, natural, materialistic things that we have. Where is your ark? I need an ark. <sighs> I need an ark. And you can make an ark right there in your house. How can I do it, Dr. Shaw? The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. That if you praise him and worship him, his presence fills you. <laughs> fills the room. Fills the house. Wherever he's invited and welcomed, he fills. It. Brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, you inside, but you need an ark. You need an ark. You need the presence of God. Because the presence don't protect you just from a virus. The presence protects you from infections, from famine, from sword, from pestilence. The presence protects you, watch this, from the greatest virus called sin. If you stay in his presence, he'll protect you from sin. My God. Today, there may be somebody under the sound of my voice that says, Dr. Shaw, I'm outside the ark. I'm outside. I'm outside. And I, I, I feel like it's about to rain and it's been raining. Uh, the virus is here. The flood of Noah is coming and on its way. But I'm, I need protection. Uh, I can't do this myself. An umbrella won't help me. Uh, my mama, my daddy won't help me. My family, my friends can't do it. 
Not that they won't, but they just can't because they don't have the capacity. They need protection themselves. If you're here, you're under the sound of my voice and you're ready to come into the ark, the ark of safety, the ark of God called salvation. I want you right there, right where you are to say this prayer with me. You ready to be saved. You ready to give the Lord your life. You ready to come into the ark. That's what giving your Lord, the Lord your life is. It's stepping inside the ark. It's coming into safety. It's coming into protection. You're unprotected. You're unprotected. And you need protection. And you don't have the capacity to protect yourself. And nothing and no one else has the ability to protect you. The only one can do it is God. You need an ark. Come. Come into the ark. Come into the ark. Invite him into your life. And you come into his life. And trade your crown for his crown. My God. He's going to give you a crown of life. How do you do it? This is how you do it. Bow your head. Close your eyes with me. Let's say this prayer. Let's repeat this prayer after me. And I want you to come in the ark. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Change me. Save me. Make me new again. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. And now I'm saved. I don't belong to myself. I don't belong to this world. I belong to you. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm saved. My God, congratulations for making that declaration, for saying that prayer. If you said that prayer for the first time in I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast. Thank you.